0: Right now on Lone Star Politics a Texas candidate for president raises questions about the future of his campaign. It isn't a small town that makes
1: us special it's the type of town we become and that sense of spirit and that sense of community.
0: Plus we're taking a closer look at the Tarrant County community of Southlake and what's next for the still growing city. And what's happening in Washington that has Pete Sessions considering a run for his old congressional seat in Dallas.
1: This is Lone Star Politics from NBC5 and the Dallas Morning News.
0: Good Sunday morning, I'm Julie Fine from NBC5 along with Gromer Jeffers, political reporter with the Dallas Morning News. How are you, Gromer?
2: I'm well. We got a lot going on, right?
0: It's been a very busy week, and I expect it to stay very busy. And our first guest this morning is Republican Matt Shaheen, who represents District 66 stretching across West Plano and far north Dallas. Thank you so much for being here, Representative.
2: Thanks for having me on. He finally decided to show up. (laughs) Finally came on our show. (laughs) I've been asking. (laughs) Thanks for having me.
0: (laughs) Let's begin with this. There has been a lot of talk about gun safety, Mm -hmm. especially after two mass shootings in one month in the state of Mm -hmm. Texas. Should there be a special session for legislators to address this?
3: There's a lot of actions that the state is already taking. I don't think a special session will do much more. I was with the governor um, a couple of weeks after the West Texas shooting. We talked specifically about this. Of course, we, we, did a lot, we took a lot of actions last session around school safety. We did um, a lot of provisions to the law to, to uh, provide additional safety. Uh, and then the governor has released some um, executive orders that w- I think will have a profound impact. He's looking at one of the facts that we that we're seeing these mass shootings is ninety six percent of these individuals will tell somebody they're about to act out. So one of the executive orders that the governor has taken on is he's requiring DPS to look at the people, processes, and technology to handle these these threats. People call in and actually will express um, you know what their actions are going to be. We need to take a look at social media as well. Public awareness is a huge issue, right? After 9-11, public awareness was a big help in the fight against terrorism. We, we needed to look at how we, do we use public awareness in the state of Texas to help fight this.
0: What about background checks in person-to-person sales? Some Republicans are talking about that now.
3: Yeah, so with background checks, the way, I, the way I think we need to look at background checks is when somebody fails a background check, they've violated the law. So you have an individual who attempted to purchase a firearm that it's illegal for them to own a firearm, right? They've committed a felony. They're drug addict they 've done domestic abuse, what have you it 's already illegal for them to purchase a firearm, and so they 've actually broken the law when they when they've failed a background check. What I would like to do is take a look at legislation so when somebody does fail a background check, law enforcement local law enforcement is um, Uh, contacted and it's investigated and uh, if we can prosecute it if you look at the West Texas shooting that individual failed a background check if we can do with local resources coordinating with federal because that's an important piece uh, I will tell you that will have a profound impact on these shootings would you consider background checks on person-to-person sales I'd have to see what the details are if somebody threatens my wife and I want to give her my firearm Does she have to go get a background check? I know she's perfectly legal. Or if if I have a friend whose life could be at risk and and they can't defend themselves. So look, if the lieutenant governor or whoever wants to have a a public hearing, let's have that dialogue. But I'll tell you, I think there's some flaws with respect to going person to person. If we take the action with respect to when somebody fails a a current background check, I tell you that will have a profound impact. Were you surprised
2: that the lieutenant governor put his weight behind? Uh, this issue, not really, look,
3: I think we're all the parties are looking at what 's the best way to handle this, and I, I think the best thing to do is get all the ideas out let 's consider all of them, but what i 'm going to do, I think what the governor's doing and what others are doing is we 're looking at this from a fact based perspective. The actions that the governor has taken uh, there 's some consideration around additional legislation that i 've that I've talked uh, talked about. We tend to do better if we talk talk to law enforcement, the Secret Service, those types of amenities, the professionals, to find out what's the best adjustments to the state statute.
2: Well, uh, uh, Representative, these are interesting times mm-hmm. in the Republican Caucus. Yeah. What What's your take on the, the situation with House Speaker Bond and uh, the interaction uh, with Michael Quinn Sullivan and the the head of Empowered Texans? Yeah the recording, what would you like to see happen?
3: Well, uh, and I talked to the speaker not uh, long after that happened, and uh, you know, I, I expressed some disappointment. Uh, he acknowledged his
2: wrongdoing. Uh, he apologized. And, and what I, were you disappointed disappointed about before you? Well, got you
3: out. know, specifically, I think we were moving away from the targeting of Republicans, and you know, that was some of the dialogue there. And you know, he had really emphasized unity, working together. I mean, we had a great session, right? I mean, we had did we did property tax reform, we did school finance reform, we did teacher pay raises, retired teachers, and we were coming off that real successful se- session. And and then, you know, all of our direction changed to to this one meeting. So that's a little bit of frustration. But at the end of the day, look, there's a House committee that's investigating that. And I think everybody's going to look to that as far as next steps. You
2: said he talked to you guys had a the conversation. You expressed your disappointment. What Mm -hmm. did he tell you?
3: Well, he just said, look, um, you know, some of the actions that I took, some of the things that I said, I regret and I shouldn't have said them and I apologize for them and I accepted his apology and, you know, really talking about moving forward and what do we need to do for the state of Texas.
0: Does it affect the unity of the
3: caucus? I think it's something that we'll just get, we'll get through. I mean, there's always issues that come into play that, you know, we as a caucus need to work through, but I think you'll find more and more uh, the Republican caucus is getting more unified. We're going to have a retreat um, in the upcoming future. A lot of us are really focused on 2020. I think we're going to get unified and uh, defend, you know, the the vast greatness of the state of Texas and work on what's best for our constituents.
2: Uh, talking about 2020, yeah. uh, do you think Republicans will be unified to the extent where they won't be there won't be many primaries, or do you expect? Uh, Primary challenges up and, you know, up and there, down the ballot. There'll probably
3: be some. I will tell you, like a lot of the dialogues that I'm having with club presidents, with uh, our executive, our Collin County Executive Committee, our precinct chairs. There's really a lot of unity. Um, the, the discussions that I've had with statewide elected officials were really focused on making sure we. St- uh, you know, Texas is doing so great. What people I don't think realize is that Republicans have really only. Sh- run the show here in the state of Texas for less than two decades and look out profoundly well that we're doing the state of Texas. We did a lot of great stuff last session. Our economy is on fire, 3.4% unemployment. All these companies are moving from high tax, high regulation states to here in Texas. One thing I want to make sure people understand, there was a huge worldwide event when the Saudi uh, oil fields were attacked by Iran. 5.7 billion barrels a day was stopped in the worldwide economy. And we, we, we hardly felt a blimp. That's because of Texas and our output. So, you know, really, not only the nation, but the world really uh, relies on Texas, and the Republicans are having a great impact, and I think we'll continue to. Uh,
0: Collin County, a traditionally very red area. Mm-hmm. You had a really close race I last did, time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what are you doing differently?
3: We're doing a lot differently. I, the way I characterize it uh, for a lot of folks is, you know, last year, the, I think the Democrats showed up in the first inning of the baseball baseball game we probably showed up around the sixth or seventh inning. We're already going to work. We're doing voter registration. We're knocking on doors. I'm setting I'm up my second mailer next week. Uh, we're going to be unified. We've got a powerful message. I mean the best thing for the Republican Party is for the Democrat presidential candidates to continue to have their debates. I mean th- what they're presenting to the world is, you know, America is this bad place and we need big government to take over people's lives to make it better. They've openly said they want to increase taxes. They openly want to provide um, Health care to illegal aliens when we're not taking care of our own i mean some of their some of their pr- uh, proposals will wreck the texas economy let's be clear about that so twenty twenty uh... whether it's statewide or in collin county we're going to make sure it's part of the issues and we're going to do perfectly fine
2: uh... speaking of presidential candidates uh... do you think the drive how does the drive uh, to impeachment to impeach donald trump impact texas and collin county the you know
3: listener. i don't I. I Quite frankly, don't think it's gonna have much of an effect. I think people are starting to tune out. Washington Washington DC can't even pass a resolution you compare Washington DC to what Texas Republicans are doing we're doing profound stuff we're getting things done we're making movements on property tax reform and, and school finance reform we're doing great things in the state of Texas quite frankly I think we're getting to the point where people are starting to tune out Washington DC every time I turn on CNN MSNBC there's some kind of accusi- um, accusation there's some kind of investigation I'm not even really paying so attention the, to so it. So you
2: watch? Those networks. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I got to see what the other side say. saying.
3: <laughs> well, we're
0: glad you watch ours. <laughs> I do watch yours. Thanks so much for being with us, Representative.
2: Thank you.
3: It's my, my pleasure.
0: And still ahead, we're talking with the mayor of Southlake about the growth of the Tarrant County city. Plus why one Texan running for president says he could soon drop out of the race when Lone Star Politics continues. This morning, we're continuing our discussions with North Texas mayors for a closer look at what's happening in your communities today. We're focused on South Lake located predominantly in Tarrant County. Mayor Laura Hill. Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Let's begin with so much growth. So how do you keep up with it and how do you keep Southlake the way it is? Well, it's a full-time
1: job, you know, we have a strategic plan and we're constantly looking forward. Right now, we're actually working on 2035. So when we look at developments, we're saying, does it fit? What, d- does it fit with what we envisioned 20 years ago? And does it fit with what we envisioned Southlake to look like 20 years in the future?
2: Uh, and, and so given all that growth. I bet you are keenly interested in what comes out of the Texas legislature. This past session, how did what the legislature did in terms of uh, uh, property taxes, school finance impact? Your community
1: sure we're obviously we're always watching what the legislature does and I'm a big proponent of local control right. so I always have a lot of feelings about anything that gets taken out of the hands of local government but I will say that they gave peace of mind to the taxpayers we were already cutting taxes in South Lake we actually had the largest tax cut this last year since um, in the early 80s in South Lake and we are at the maximum 20% homestead exemption on top of that so we've been doing that for the last eight years making that move, but what they've done is given the taxpayer peace of mind to know that their valuations will only go up a certain percentage, 3.5. And then as far as the school district is concerned, I think putting more money back into the schools, helping us with recapture, um, has been, it will turn out to be a huge help and, and helping our teachers make more money is obviously very important to our our success with our children. So
2: you kind of exhaled there the <laughs> Yeah,
1: uh, it could have been a lot right, worse. Yeah. It could have been a lot worse. And you know, again, I'm I'd rather not have any limitations set on us. I have no problem going to my taxpayers and saying this is what we need to do to keep South Lake on track, but at the end of the day,
0: they've given some peace of mind to people who are paying taxes and that's important. To keep up with everyone in South Lake. There's a lot of traffic. What is part of the long-term plan to address that?
1: I wish that we, we could control the traffic, but really what's happening is the amazing growth to the West and with the, metro, you know, with the Metroplex being such a fast growing area, it really is the people moving in all around the Metroplex and where they're going to work every day. So what we can only do is keep our roads free and clear. We're adding some access roads. We're adding lights where we need lights. We're going through a major um, widening of North White Chapel from 1709 up to Highway 114 to help some of that commuter traffic that's cutting through South Lake move faster, and then working on the timing of our lights. You know, 1709 has lights, 114 doesn't. So making sure the timing of that is right to keep that, especially that early morning traffic and that commuter traffic in the afternoon moving through our town as quickly as possible.
0: I remember when I interviewed you a few years ago, South Lake at that point, I believe was about 90% built out. Where are you now? Right, so we're a little bit higher uh, residentially. We're still about
1: 85% commercially. So when you drive from Grapevine toward Westlake on 114, you still see a lot of open land in Southlake on the 114 corridor. So we have a big carillon project that's 46 acres that's going in. You'll see us breaking ground for the Weston Hotel on the north side of 114. And most recently, Delta Marriott has already started on the south side of 114. So we do still have some big pieces of land that are privately owned that haven't um, you know, come before us for any kind of development. And we still have some land in Town Square that has yet to be developed.
2: You know, so, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Grandma. Well, she was telling me I can use my Marriott reward points. Good. In <laughs> yes,
1: yes, right. <in> la- anytime.
0: <laughs> and shop in Town Square, please.
2: <laughs> go ahead.
0: Speaking of Town Square, I mean, Town Square has such a feel to it. I mean, when you think about South Lake, for many people, they think about Town Square. Again, as you get larger, how do you keep that? smaller town a smaller city town feel to it right and that and we really
1: concentrate on that we do a lot of festivals a lot of community activities in St- town square to bring people in to bring families in. we have oktoberfest coming up which i think just got ranked number four in the country um, we're bringing in new types of stores of course we brought tesla in a uh, year before last peloton we're looking at new innovative businesses um that that really will offer a new dimension. And of course, we have a lot of park space in Town Square, so people can come and play and enjoy. And I think that's really what it's about, is that sense of community that you get when you're in Town Square. I think if you live outside of South Lake and you spend an afternoon in Town Square, you get what South Lake's all about.
2: In, in, the, in the few seconds we have left, you were at the State of Tarrant County uh, uh, event last Thursday. I bet it's important to have a regional approach to manage all this growth that's going on in North Texas?
1: Absolutely. The days of small towns doing their own things is gone. Now we have to work as a region. Mayors have to know each other. County commissioners, county judges, we have to work together and be on the same page. Because like I said, you know, Tarrant County is so important to Texas, to the economy of Texas.
0: So we all have to be on the same page. Okay. Mayor, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. And still ahead, why a former U.S. representative from Dallas says the Trump impeachment inquiry is inspiring him to consider a run for his old seat. We'll be right back. Now to Decision 2020, the next Democratic presidential debate held in Ohio on October 15th. More than 10 candidates have met the qualifications, including both of our Texas candidates. That includes former Representative Beto O'Rourke and Secretary Julian Castro. However, the Democratic National Committee has raised the qualifications for both donations and polling number for the November debate. And because of that, Castro is appealing to his supporters, saying if he doesn't make the debate stage, it will be the end of his campaign. Pain. He also said, quote, I wasn't born into privilege like other candidates. I don't have billions in personal wealth to fill my budget gaps. OK, what's happening here, Grummer?
2: He also uh, needs to get, you know, above one or two percent in the polls, and that that's kind of his main problem. And because they've raised the standards, he is in serious trouble uh, in jeopardy of not making the November debate. And if he doesn't make the November debate, his campaign is probably pretty much over because Iowa is in February and then New Hampshire. You know, once you, you are out of the public consciousness, you're out of the main, off the main stage, It's hard to maintain or gain traction, and that's what he needs to do, is get traction.
0: Well, listen, you think about the candidates that weren't on the debate stage in September. We have heard very little about them. I
2: mean, who are they? I mean, it's like, you know, look at, you know, one of my favorite candidates, Mary Mary Ann Williamson. She kind of disappeared, right? You don't hear much about her anymore. She took the debate stage by storm, right, the first couple of times, and now nothing. And so uh, de Blasio, the, the New York mayor, he exited the race. Kirsten Gillibrand. Yeah, exactly. So uh, he has to make that decision. Cory Booker has, you know, sent out a similar memo to his supporters saying, look, if we don't raise this amount of money uh, by the end of the quarter, then we won't be able to do what we need to do to continue this, this campaign.
0: And former Congressman Pete Sessions may run again for his old seat, setting up a potential rematch with Colin Allred. Gromer reported that this week. Sessions says support for impeaching President Trump by Democrats has, quote, reawakened him. Allred unseated Sessions last year for 32. And that Sessions had held that seat since 2003. Allred's camp told us he is focused on working with Republicans and Democrats to get things done for North Texas. Cromer, you put this together. You got this scoop. Do you right. think he'll run?
2: I don't know. I, I tell you this. He wants to run, and he's trying to figure out how do I run if, if some of my supporters you know, are with other candidates or don't want me to run. There are already two folks in the race, Floyd McClendon and, and is in the race, and also uh, uh, Genevieve Collins. So th- people are moving on without him, so he has to—if to, to, he does run— He has a good chance of winning the primary, but can he beat Colin Alrid? And I can tell you right now, the Colin Alrid folks, they won't say it publicly, but they want Sessions to run again. They feel like that's a good matchup for him. And um and we'll see if ultimately he decides to run. He has about a million dollars in his campaign account. Uh he has name recognition, but can he beat Alrid? I think that's the question he has to ask himself.
0: And the D triple C I would imagine will put many, many dollars into this district to keep this seat.
2: That's true, and you know, the National Republicans also want the seat. Will they, do they want a guy like Sessions who lost last time or do they want to move on and get somebody fresh? We'll, we'll, we'll have to see about that. But I tell you this, Sessions is always a colorful guy. He, his, his quotes are, are always great. Uh, there would be an exciting primary and a good rematch as well.
0: All of this. Very exciting right now. And that's all the time we have. Thanks for joining us this morning. We'll see you next Sunday.